Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me. And I'm going to try and do something I haven't done before. I kind of done a little bit, but not in this way. And that is I'm going to take one topic and talk about one topic um, over all of the days of the week. Now, the the topic in question is still running. It's a, it's something that was running before Monday and was is, is still permeating around and rumbling around today. So, uh, but, so I probably won't be strictly on time as in the days won't strictly be where they should be um but you'll get the vibe as we as we go along so i'll i'll i won't tell you what it is now i'll wait and i'll do it on the first section and we'll just kick off with some of that uh, twangy guitar We've known for a little while that was something coming with regard to social care. Um, and it's something that um, Boris said on his speech, his, his speech outside um, Downing Street for the very first time, that he had a plan for social care. Obviously, it's taken a long time for us to find out what that plan is. Um, but we, we have been getting, it's been kind of widely discussed for about a week or so now that we were going to be getting this plan for social care and also the bounce back plan for the um for the nhs because obviously we're storing up um lots of other health issues uh, as we concentrate on the uh, the pandemic and the response to covid and the nhs is going to need a considerable amount of help to get itself back into some kind of shape and to and to get the backlog down so um so that's been that's been on the on the back burner and really um i'm going to talk about five different aspects or five different viewpoints or five collections of thoughts on this thing uh, and today I want to start um, with the whole concept of, around houses uh, one of the big things that's been talked around uh, with with this is that um, nobody should should have to give up their life saving or in effect lose their house um, because they have to pay for social care now obviously social care is going to be a huge issue moving forward as the population ages and there are less people being born and there are less people in you know below 20 than over 60 or whatever i don't know what the stats are but the point you, you get the point as the, as the as the population starts to look like a bit of an upturned pyramid then um we we're going to have to make lots of provision for the kind of needs that people have you know as they get into their uh that that their, their, their later years um, and of course, at the moment, it's kind of open-ended about how much it potentially could cost you for social care, and you hear, and there are lots of stories about people, you know, having to sell houses and what have you. So, a big part of this for Boris is the whole house thing, the whole that you should be able to leave an inheritance, uh, and that therefore your social there should be a limit to what the payment is for your social care. Which is fine. Which, which in of itself, it's something it's, it's kind of difficult to argue with. The problem. The problem with it is, is that like all of these things, it's it's not progressive, um, because what we're talking about is we're talking about an, a, a figure. We're talking about saying, right, well, your care will not cost more than fifty thousand, sixty thousand, seventy thousand. So therefore, therefore, you will still have, you know, if 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 your property is worth five hundred thousand pounds, then potentially what we're saying is that twenty percent of your equity may be you know may be used or twenty percent of your property value may be needed to pay for your social care but there will still be something there that you can pass on um to your to your family and for those people that you wanted to 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 bequeath that to. Okay makes perfect sense. Two kind of fundamental flaws there. Um one is 
it's it's clearly an issue with regard to value of property and it's clearly to a certain extent a class issue because if 50,000 is not a percentage but an actual figure or 75,000 is 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 a actual figure not a percentage then if your property is you know if you've got a property or if you've got savings or assets worth 150,000 pounds or 200,000 pounds then that's a, still a big chunk from that in the way that it isn't if you've got assets that are worth half a million so clearly depending on where you are in the current structure of things will depend on how well you you do out of this at the end of the day depending on how important £50,000 or £70,000 is to you will depend on how well this works for you in the future and clearly it's going to work better for some than for others and it's going to disproportionately affect um, the lower uh, the, the, you know the, the, the lower income groups and, and, and those with, with, with less accumulated wealth the other problem and flaw with this is the argument that comes out says well we don't want you to have to sell your house but here's the catch how do you raise the 75 or 80,000 pounds to pay for the care without selling your house how does how does that work how do you do that and do we then find ourselves in a space where we are going to have the you know some fairly nefarious schemes to allow people to keep the value of their house but then offering them money to pay for their social care at probably fairly exorbitant rates I, I, this is the bit that worries me a little there's there's two things that worry me one it's it's disproportionate and two, I don't know how if you have to find fifty, sixty, seventy thousand pounds for your social care, how you do that without actually selling your house. Tuesday. Okay, so the plan for social care is wrapped around a uh, a tax increase. It's wrapped around what will be a new tax long term, but in the short term is a fairly hefty rise to national insurance. Um, and it's also um, payable, I believe, on dividends uh, for people who've, who make profit that way around. But what, unlike, say, income tax, it won't be payable on things like uh, interest earned and those kind of things. So to, to pay for this, you've got to be working. So straight away, if you have wealth, there's more chance that you will avoid the impact of this than if you are having to work. So... We're also at the point of saying, is this going to disproportionately affect um, working people? Is this disproportionately going to affect um, the, the, the lower groups? The other thing about this over income tax is if it was something that was structured in the way that income tax was structured, then there would be more of a, a you, could, you could do a staggered approach. Um, you know, there would be an amount of money that you could give to people as an allowance before this kicked in, and national insurance. Whilst I believe it does have an allowance, it's not it's not as structured in the way as income taxes. So, it feels like it's going to disproportionately affect um, working people. Um, obviously, uh, to a certain extent, it's going to disproportionately uh, affect younger people because um, the ch- the people who are essentially going to be facing this sooner rather than later probably are, are are not earning so it, it also feels like a little bit of a divide in you know in 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 that respect um the other thing is i don't quite know how this plays out for the for the red wall i don't know how this works this seems to be something that's talking more to your traditional um tory um voter than your um 
than, than, than your sort of new Tory voter, if you like. So I'm, I'm a little bit intrigued as to how that's actually going to work its way through in the in the wash. But in the same way that we've got an issue with how progressive the whole thing is about the amount of cost versus the assets that people have, then I think it's also disproportionate in terms of who's actually going to pay for it. <laughs> Wednesday. The beauty of this particular policy is that it allows me to ask a question I've wanted to ask for a long, 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 long time. Where is the Brexit dividend? We were promised £350 million a week would go, would flow into the NHS or could be used, could be used, didn't say it would, but it could be used uh, to fund the NHS. Now, I did a bit of a fag packet calculation. Now, I know and I argued at the time that 350 million was incorrect. That was the amount we paid to the EU, but it wasn't actually what we contributed because we got money back. So we got money back on certain projects and what have you. So let's let's split this down the middle and say that actually it wasn't 350. It probably worked out at more like 175. Okay, as a, as a, as an argument, that meant that roughly roughly every six weeks, um, um, there would be a billion quid floating around that we could use. So let's let's roughly say that that's somewhere in the regions of 10 billion a year. I mean, and we can argue the toss of between nine and 10, but let's say it's somewhere in the, in the regions of 10 billion a year. Well, that's, that's kind of double what is being raised um, by this particular tax hike. So if that's the case and we've left the EU, surely we could use the 10 billion and actually still have four and a half to five billion left over. If my fag packet maths actually works out, um, that the five point four or whatever it is we're going to raise through this new tax, um, let's let's split the difference and say that it's nine nine point four um, billion that 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 is the net result of not being part of the EU. So then that's four billion left over that we could use for other stuff, and we've solved social care. Um, of course, none of it's as simple as that. But the point is, the point is, that great big smack lie that was on the side of that red bus specifically referenced the NHS. We've now got a tax rise, and the tax rise is there to pay for social care and the NHS. And you can talk about whether social care and the NHS are the same things. To be honest, they're inextricably linked. And actually, social care is the thing that if you fund it properly, will probably take some of the burden off the NHS. So there's a there's you know that social care has long been uh, the poor relation to the NHS and and and, sh- and should have been far higher up the agenda. But here's the point. It still it, it was there. It was daubed on the side of a bus. There should be plenty of money for this. So where where is this Brexit dividend? <laughs> I don't think the media response uh, to this policy is quite what Boris would have wanted. In fact, uh, the headlines on Wednesday, a lot of them were focusing in on the fact that um, the Tories uh, put us into a situation where we we have a higher tax burden now than at any point since the Second World War. So that's not going to have played out well, and that's not something that the, the you know that Boris will have been particularly ha- happy about. Nobody's really focused too much on the policy, and of course, what's not helped is the fact that anybody who actually works in the space has come out and said that whilst this is a welcome shot in the arm, it isn't enough to solve the problem. 
that actually this isn't going to, there's a little bit of the fact that it's going to be a little bit of a sticking plaster to a certain extent. Don't get me wrong, it's gone further than a lot of people have gone before. And what I'm not going to do is say that this is the issue of necessarily this administration, as shocking as I think they are, because in reality, this has been ignored by countless um, administrations for a long time of both colours. I'm not going to in any way, shape or form make this partisan. Um, you know, it's been, the, the drum's been beating this for a long time, but this has been ignored by everybody. Um, but the fact, of the, the fact of the matter is, we found ourselves in a situation today where we were starting to get headlines to detract from this policy. So this which was due to be a big policy announcement, and by the way, it's caused a huge shift in in terms of um you know internal shift for the tories is now they're, they're they're trying to manage it to a certain extent off 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 the front pages because um it's not necessarily getting the overwhelming uh, endorsement that they were hoping um and of course that's going to be the case because there's a lot of traditional tory papers that go along traditional tory values and and that's not necessarily this. This is not a traditional Tory policy, um, you know, per se. Um, the thing that's really unfortunate is that the dead cat that we that we've had today, you know, to try and knock this off the front pages and stop talk about this is a really, really, really awful one because it's it's the whole thing about turning uh, immigrant boats back. So we, this the irony of having a policy that's based around, actually based around social welfare, actually based around how you care for people at a certain point of their life. And because that isn't playing well necessarily in the media, then let's get, let's, let's have a big hurrah about how great we are as a nation when we, uh, we turn back immigrant boats. Um, because that's a good that's a good measure of who we are. So you know, if that's the dead cat that you want, then that's the dead cat that you've got. Personally, I find it I, I find it really unnerving, really unsettling, really distasteful. But that's that's what's played out today. Friday. I guess the final bit in my social care national insurance tax rise special. Um, is is probably the philosophical one, and and that is where does this leave us? Where does where does what what has happened this week leave politics? And the reason why I'm asking that question is because th- this is a game changer. You know, we've we've got we've got a tax and spend Tory government, and that where does that leave Labour? They're occupying the space that Labour occupied and they're going after the traditional voter that, that Labour's always counted as its core supporter. Um, and that's what's got them over the line. But how is that then going to play out with the traditional Tory voter? What does a traditional Tory voter look like now? What are traditional Tory values? Because this is, this is we're swivelling politics around almost to fit, leave and remain. Um, because we, we do, we're doing something now where we're playing very much to the leave and remain split in the country and where that geographically sat. And this, this, is, this is moving us towards that. Um, you know, the, the, the traditional Labour voter wants the, 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 you know, the services to be funded and it wants those kind of things. It sees the benefit in those those kind of things, and that's what they're getting out of this this government. But how does how does this how does this help us understand where politics is going to go in the future? 
the Tories now long no longer have an attack line for Labour about if you vote in a Labour government, you're going to get tax rises. Because that's exactly what you've got from a Tory government who've broken two manifesto promises this week. Three so far, if you count the, the manifesto pledge um, with regard to um, foreign aid. So... If you're a if you're a Labour politician, where does the, what space do you now occupy? Because it's very difficult now to say that you you don't like the plan for social care. You might disagree with the way it's been funded, but at least something progressive is to a certain extent is being done in that space, whether it goes far off far enough or not. So where this leaves politics moving forward is a really is a really really interesting question. Of course, you've also got a group of Tory MPs now who will be looking at what their voting record says and how will that help them in the future? What's going to happen for this influx of Tory MPs who in 10 years' time, if the, if the tables have turned back to a more traditional kind of definition and example and personification of, of, of what a Tory government and what Tory policies are, may, now, may look back at their voting record head in hands because... How are you going to, you know, how do you square that particular circle further down the line? And I'm not, I'm not sure. But in terms of where politics is and where politics is going, then this has been a fairly fundamental week in just mixing, mixing and messing it all up yet again. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not quite convinced now how all this or not. I don't really understand how all of this will ultimately will ultimately play out. Now, <clears throat> I. The fundamental thing here in terms of social care is something that needs to resolve. I've got, I've, I've got no issue with that. I don't have a, an, a necessarily have an issue with the policy and I don't have an issue with the fact that it, it probably needed to be something that involved some form of extra tax to put it right. I think this has been rumbling in the background for a long time. We knew it was coming. Um, is it the most progressive way of doing it? I'm not entirely sure. Um, and is it compounded by the fact that Brexit is going to leave us poorer anyway and so therefore any costs will be essentially more acute, then yes, I think that's a, a huge part of, of 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 the issue and what the burden will be moving moving forward. Um but but outside of that, I think the reason for focusing on this particular issue is because it's full it's a it's a single issue that that embodies a lot of things that have been going on for a while. And, you know, maybe maybe post Johnson, maybe all this does start to settle back to normal because you've got to remember that the constant between Brexit and where we are now is is Johnson and the Leave group. That is the constant. So they're still, to a certain extent, playing out. The politics that brought us Brexit are still being played out. And, of course, Brexit was never really the thing that they desired. What they desired was was the uncertainty and the opportunity to do something with a you know with a landscape that was that was messed with that was that was um I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of the right terminology here but you you know we 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 jumbled everything up and 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 people saw opportunity in in you know in the resulting uncertainty and chaos and that's exactly what's that's exactly what's happened um so yeah, interesting to take a topic and look at it from a few different uh, angles. 
Um, I, d I don't know where we'll end up, and I don't know where public opinion is going to end up on this uh, long term. But we'll certainly we'll certainly find out. Um, but I just thought it it was the right thing to maybe focus on because it is such a seismic issue to focus on on this this week. Um, and I've probably got it in just about twenty minutes, so it's not not too bad. I know it's one topic, but we've 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 looked at four different perspectives and got it in for twenty minutes. I hope you're well. Um, I hope um, you're enjoying. If you've if you've if it's first week back at school, and it's been a little bit quieter in your household or a little a little you know less fluid, then I hope you're enjoying um, that that bit of time back. And I'll look forward to talking to you all soon. If you've enjoyed Therapy for Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.